welcome to another episode of the Hidden Her Story podcast. Now, I'm absolutely delighted to have my guest uh, on today. My guest is Kate Garner, who is a singer and songwriter who specialises pretty much in, in sort of vintage style music. Is that right, Kate? Yeah, very well said. And uh, Kate, um, I actually, I've only just discovered Kate's music a few months ago, um, and there's a sort of little story and a thread that I think is going to run through this show anyway, but um, basically I was on social media and I was scrolling through and I saw this video of a lady sitting at the piano, and she was playing a song from an old TV series called Upstairs, Downstairs, and I remember watching that when I was young, it was on the BBC, it was very, very popular, and I think it was sort of set in the at the turn of the century. And Kate was playing a song from from that, which my grandfather used to play on the piano. And Kate's style of playing just took me back to being a small child, listening to my granddad tinkling the ivories in his living room. And I sent Kate a message and she was very kind and replied to me. And um, and then I found out that Kate was doing a gig at the Noel Coward uh, Art and Style Exhibition, which I went along to. And um, it was great to meet you, Kate. And you looked absolutely fabulous on the night with your beautiful gold dress. And I really enjoyed listening uh, to your music. So. Um, um, tell us a little bit about that night, Kate. The, the Noel Coward. Uh, how did you get to? How did you get to 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 uh, perform there? First of all, well, I got invited to perform there, which was lovely because Noel Coward is uh, his music and everything about him is one of my many passions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had written a song about him because, as you've probably seen, I do love to write songs about people and mm-hmm. stories. And um, I'd written this song recently about Noel Coward and I was invited to perform it at the exhibition with some of his other songs from past uh, shows and musicals that he put together Mm -hmm. um, that his leading ladies sang. So it it was a real delight to be part of it and to get a chance to perform that song, which at some point I'm hoping to record properly in the studio with a 1930s style band because I just think that will sound fantastic. That will that will sound absolutely amazing and for those people who weren't there yeah. the song was brilliant because let me tell you Kate I went home and I was on the train going home afterwards and I'm, I was singing it in my head so you know I always think that the sign of a good song is if it's sort of if the melody's up there and the words and you know I couldn't get that song out of my head so it was my little earworm that night when I went home um, and I have to say thank you I have to say thank you so much because if I hadn't gone along to see you that evening, I wouldn't have then got in contact with Robert Hazel, who's the learning officer uh, for the Noel Coward Society, and who was actually there and sung a couple of songs, I think, just after you. And because, because I was there for, with watching you, I am now going to be working with the Noel Coward uh, Society and with Robert, and we're going to be producing a whole series of podcasts next year um, called, well, my, my podcasts are going to be called Coward Strong and Creative Women. Uh, they were thinking of doing something else, so Robert's going to be a guest quite a few times, I think, on the show, and we are going to be focusing on some of those leading ladies. So I'm sure, Kate, that um, when the time comes and we put those podcasts together, if you'd like to come back and 
join us then. I'm sure you will have a lot to a uh, lot more to add about some of those wonderful women that were the sort of muses and the and the um, and the, the driving forces behind the great man. So uh, thanks to you, Kate. It's been brilliant because I had a such a good networking evening that that evening, and I got to hear you sing some fabulous songs. I've got to say your version of Mad About the Boy. Your, the arrangement, the piano arrangement you did for that was absolutely brilliant. I I really, really loved that. That, that was one of my favourite songs of the whole evening. And I'm so glad you did that. Um, oh, but, yeah, so and it, it was such a brilliant evening, wasn't it, Kate? The atmosphere and, you know, everybody who was there performing. It must have been um, really exciting to be a, be a part of that and to be asked to do it. It was. It was, in no coward's words, in no coward's words, it was a marvellous party. It, it was, wasn't it? I kept it thinking really that was. on the way home. I thought, what a marvellous party. Yeah, and, and a great exhibition. And I, I think it's a, it's a great exhibition and I just want to say if anybody hasn't been yet it closes on the 23rd of December so um, it's at the Guildhall Art Gallery in London so if you want to go and visit the exhibition and get a little bit of a taste of Noel Coward and uh, his shows, his work, his life then go and visit the exhibition. Excuse me Chrissy, just to say your podcast idea sounds wonderful next year and I'd love to be part of it. Thank Fantastic, you. We're, we're sort of working on it now. I did actually go up and have I went up to the archives and took... Um, a lovely friend of mine up there and we spent a really nice afternoon with Robert and had a look round and saw all the wonderful things that they have up there got to see some of Noel Cower's personal artifacts and letters from Marlena Dietrich which was quite cool and um, so yeah we're sort of just developing this idea at the moment so I said to Robert does he fancy you sort of co-hosting some podcasts with me which will be a, I think it, it make me feel like I've got some more company as well and it'll be really nice because he's such an expert on Noel Cower and he's an amazing singer as well so you know we, we might even get to read some scripts or something like that we're trying to kind of think up ideas to make it fun and and, and to uh, bring something new to the podcast so that's some um, exciting news for next year and yes Kate we'd love to have you on so um, I want to move on now though because people who don't know you um, I'd just like to mention that Kate has like a fantastic family background. Um, Kate, tell us who your who your dad was. Uh, my dad was Chaz from Chaz and Dave. Wow! Um, yes, and, yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Everybody, everybody proper, knows Chaz and proper Dave. Proper London they? music. That's Absolutely, right. and I think yeah. you know for for those people who don't really know that much about Chaz and Dave I I know for a fact that your father was actually a, you know an amazing musician that's I think that's the thing that people don't really sometimes realize about Chaz and Dave they were a great you know sing-along band but I know from watching um some stuff you know music stuff that your dad was you know he, he was he was very very well respected musician in the in the music world wasn't he um very where did he get his sort of background in music from well, all his his mum, my nana, played mm -hmm. piano, and it was it was from her side of the family that the music came from, mm -hmm. um, and it was really later on that he got into the piano. You know, he's, it, it was something later, but he he was just such a natural musician. My dad, yeah. anything he picked up, he could play because mm -hmm. he just had such a natural passion for it. Mm -hmm. And he played banjo, guitar, ukulele, piano, drums, bass, you name it. Mm -hmm. um, so it was wonderful. And it was really thanks to my dad that I got into those 1930s songs because mm. I was about 12 at the time. 
and he we went to a flea market and we spotted a, a gramophone and I just fell in love with this gramophone I said what, what's this what does it do you know how does it work all that sort of lot and he, he told me all about it he said well do you want it I'll buy it for you and I was just absolutely thrilled so he bought me this lovely gramophone with a little tin of needles and a box of oh, seven skates and I just fell in love with the era because most of the records were um, from the 1930s, mm -hmm. those old British dance bands. And I just loved them. And I sat and learned them, played along on the piano, kept winding up the gramophones, singing <laughs> along. Um, I think, well, so, uh, yeah, Sunday mornings in your house must have been a lot of fun with your <laughs> playing the gramophone. Well, I, not so I, much mornings, because we were up all night partying. So. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> evenings as well. But I think it's really yes. important. I mean, I, I think that's something I, I share with you. As I said, yeah, my grandparents, my, my grandparents were born in the, well, my nan was born in in, uh, in Bow and my grandfather was born in Silvertown in the East End. And I don't know how, I mean, I, I sort of wrote a book about my family history in the lockdown and I was asking my mum about a lot of things to do with my grandparents. And I don't know how my granddad learned how to play piano. The only thing we can think of is that he used to have to go and fetch his granddad from the pub when he was like a little boy. And we're talking about sort of the 1910, something like that. So my granddad yeah. would sort of be waiting in the pub to wait for his granddad to finish his beer. And we think that, you know, he just went along to the piano and sort of picked things out by ear. He never had a lesson in his life. But, yeah. you know, and I remember when he was little, sort of in his 70s, we they had a bungalow in Clacton and we used to go down there and I as a kid I was just fascinated they had this wonderful black piano and it was like I, I just used to love sitting on the stall and kind of just playing with it you know uh, but in the evenings my granddad would if he was in the right mood you know he'd, he'd say oh I'll tinkle the old Joanna for you and he would come out and he would he would play all these amazing songs from like the first world war um, and there was one particular song he used to play and I cannot I've asked my mom we try and remember the name of it and every now and then I hear it in a movie or hear it and it's like ah oh, that's granddad's song and I always forget to find out what oh. the name is. but it's such a well-known tune and it was something you know I think it was played during the silent movies and yeah. it was you know obviously a, a, a tune from sort of maybe the 1920s but it, he used to, he just used to have this little repertoire. And when you listen to him, you know, he had all the little flourishes, like a, like a good pub, you know, East End pub pianist, you know, and he, you know, he put all these little flourishes in at the end. And that's how I kind of fell in love with those songs. I think from hearing like my granddad play them. Um, and then my mum used to play piano as well. So um, I think, I think it's really important. And, I'm, you know, over the years, I think um, when I was writing like my sort of memoirs, I think the things that really stood out for me was the music that my parents sort of played me and the, the, the stuff that they were into was like big band, swing, jazz. And if it wasn't for my parents, I wouldn't have a love for people like Dinah Washington or Billie Holiday. And, you know, I, now, now I look back and I just, I love, you know, I just think, thank, thank goodness that my dad was around to sort of play me all of that music and to educate me. And I didn't really realise it at the time. And, you know, even my friends were listening to the Bay City Rollers and I was listening to Frank Sinatra. And, you know, they would just say, oh, you're weird, you know, because you like music that your mum and dad and your granddad and parent, grandparents like. But I think, you know, I think we're really, really blessed when, when we've got a family that's sort of musical, whether they're 
professional musicians in in your case or you know in my case just of my family I think um yeah it takes it's such a wonderful rich thing to be able to you know give your children this love for the music do you feel like that Kate? Oh most definitely yeah because it's um as you say it is a blessing because mm -hmm. you're you grow up with music around you and music is such a wonderful thing I think every child should have music around mm -hmm. because whether whether they make a living out of it is 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 not important it's it's whether they get joy from it and absolutely. and singing That's you know, singing always brings people together which is why these parties are so special because it just brings everyone together mm -hmm. and as you probably remember each family member would have their party piece you know yes. <laughs> my, my old uncle Alf on the banjo and he'd be doing his one and then Dave's side of the family because we used to have these great big family parties at um Dave who is my godfather mm -hmm. and his sister Mari used to have these big parties and get all of our families together because we all grew up together you know right they, so 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 your dad yeah. and, and Dave sort of knew each other and so that then and they sort of formed a band but you were all friends and like families oh, like that. I think that's really lovely yeah. I think that's yeah we really were like nice. one big family so these parties that's what it was all about and mm -hmm. I think I was about five at the time. I remember standing on a chair with a microphone and singing Nelly <laughs> the Elephant. Fantastic. Um, so so how did how you... It was, but you, you didn't think anything of it. It yes. was no great big deal. It was something that everyone did mm -hmm. because singing made people feel good and, mm. and it, it was no it does I, I totally agree with you I like I, I sort of just sing yeah. for pleasure I, I I enjoy I used to have been a choir when I was at school and I think that that was when when I look back on my school days they were like the most you know it was being in the choir that I got the most out of we got to sing at the Albert Hall once and you know just to be able to do that and listen to the acoustics and be in this amazing building and the Albert Hall like from that day forth has always been one of my favorite favorite places to go and see bands just because it sort of brings back memories of well the Albert the Hall um, massed voice choir it's cool <laughs> Oh, it sounds wonderful, Chrissy. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a good, it's a good opportunity for me to mention the Albert mm -hmm. Hall myself because that was the last show, and I performed with my dad at the Albert Hall. I didn't and, know that. Oh. Yeah, and he asked he asked me to write a song for their album, um, which was a real honour. Mm -hmm. And we performed the song that I wrote together at the Albert Hall, and it was just the most amazing atmosphere, you know, to play in that place. Yeah. With all those people singing yes. along and then, and then hearing them all singing Ain't No Pleasing You at the end. It was, just, <laughs> it was oh, magic. Can, that that it, must it have been was. a real fine tingling kind of moment. It, uh, yeah, it, it was. It was like... It was like one big family party, but on a grand scale mm -hmm. with all these lovely people that appreciated my dad's music all and in that lovely venue, just singing along. And it was, mm -hmm. yeah, we'll never forget it. Fantastic. So how yeah. did you go from like little girl with a gramophone to writing all these amazing songs? And, you know, so what process did you go through um, as a sort of teenager? Decide, did you decide that you wanted to focus on music? Um, I, I wanted to do music as long as I can remember, Chrissy. Uh -huh. You know, uh -huh. um, it was just something. My earliest memories of childhood are sitting up at a piano, mm -hmm. making up songs. Mm -hmm. And my dad remembers that I was actually writing songs before I was even playing. That's amazing. Um, 
because I used to be singing in the back of the car. My mum always laughed. She said, you'd be singing about whatever passed by, you'd make up a song about it and put a rhyme to it. And she said, you always gave us a lot of entertainment on long car journeys. <laughs> Singing that's, along, and that's brilliant. Yeah, so, I, I, and I remember that as well. You know, everybody we used to do that back in the back in the days, didn't you? In the sort of sixties, I, I remember every we used to go up to my grandparents in Clacton, and it, I used to think it was an amazingly long car journey from Essex up to Clacton, but it, uh, it wasn't really about an hour and a half. But when you when you're little, these things seem to take ages. But I do remember my parents. Yeah, you know, we didn't have the radio on in those days. You didn't have CD players. Yeah, we would we would have a sing along in the car, <laughs> so you know those songs I still remember like to this day, you know, um, because that's that's how people entertained themselves, isn't it? And before the sort of world of technology and all these gadgets and stuff, so that's a that's a brilliant memory. So did you did you go to music college and um, did you study music? Yeah, I went to music college and that's where I met my best friend Stella, and we're still friends. We play music together because. She loves all the old songs. Um, so we had some good fun at college um, and, and I'm glad I went because it gave me um, a good education in classical music as well, mm -hmm. which I think when you're writing music and listening to music, you should listen to as much music as possible, not just one genre. I mean, yeah, I love old songs, of course I do, mm -hmm. but I listen to everything. I listen Absolutely. to everything from, from Mozart to... Winifred Atwell to um, 1930s British dance bands um, to 1970s pop songs. Yeah, that, I totally I agree with you. That the more eclectic, you know, your your listening is, the more you can appreciate. Yeah. And then, and you hear sort of you know influences, don't you? On you know from different eras, and I mean, um, but you know, listen listen to some of your songs. Um, because I've listened to a few on uh, on on your YouTube channel now, and you know you you do mix it up. So yeah, you're not just not just a vintage <laughs> uh, musician. I I mean I've, you know some some of your songs are contemporary, but they have like a sort of vintage style. But you do you do a lot of different styles, don't you? What what is your favourite kind of musical style? Well, I I would say without thinking, it would always be the 1930s mm -hmm. and uh, old time musical the parlor yes, songs definitely. and they're my two favorite eras but if i really have you know the, the best answer is i like a good song mm -hmm. um and that is if it's played well in whatever style but i'm always drawn to the past i mm -hmm. don't know why that is mm -hmm. maybe it's because um there's a different kind of feeling about music, but you do listen to some old songs and they do actually sound quite contemporary. Yes. Uh, yes. And that always interests me too. And I mm -hmm. think that's that was really ahead of its time, that song, mm -hmm. you know, that's quite interesting. So I'd like to know. And that's the first thing I want to know. Um, I think it's really important to know who's playing on the mm -hmm. records, but I always want to know who's written it every yes. time I want to know because they're not always uh, remembered so much and people won't mm -hmm. remember who's written the song. And mm -hmm. There's a lot of Fat Swallow songs and they, they didn't realise that he wrote it because he, you know, he didn't, he got taken advantage of a bit, which a lot of them did in those days, yeah. you know, they sold songs for pennies, you know. I've, so I've been watching, I've been... I've been diving into some of the, you know, ladies who, the first ladies of the blues, and um, it's yeah. quite surprising how many women actually, you know, wrote 
their own songs um but then when mm -hmm. you look into how the music industry was and obviously america at the time was uh, segregated and it is really sad because those you know the, the black artists really got ripped off they wrote those songs they recorded them for a pittance and then they were given to white artists to record and you know and those people made a lot more money so it's mm -hmm. um i found that's quite a common sort of thread in a lot of the early sort of women blues um pioneers and, and jazz pioneers but I think one of the things that attracted me to your music as well is you know obviously we were a, a history blog and we look at kind of women's stories um but how I when I discovered you and I went to your YouTube channel I realized that you actually do tell a, a lot of like stories about um you know people in women in history and so you're telling sort of women's history in in a musical way which is why I really wanted to get you on the show to chat to you because I know one of one of your songs that I really love is the one you did about Clarice Cliff who was oh, the yeah. ceramics in the 20s the famous Clarice Cliff I, I loved your song about her um and there and you there was one that you did about Josephine Baker as well which I really liked so I think it's brilliant that you're telling with these women's stories you know through your songs yeah, I think it helps to, you know, they do these amazing things. It's mm. just another way of highlighting what amazing things they did. And and that's, people are inspired in different ways, aren't they? Mm, but absolutely. how I like to show how I've been inspired is by simply writing a song. And if I mm -hmm. can tell the story um, about that person in a song, then to me that's yeah that's that's my thing that's my joy I love to do that mm, and um, you're very good at it I've got to say thank you. <laughs> have you um thank you. Have, have you done any more songs about um you know specific women in history that I haven't found yet um well yeah I've got a few projects that I'm working on at the moment but I've mm -hmm. just finished the project uh which is the the new show that I'm uh, actually that's where the Clarice Cliff song comes from ah, right. and it's the legends I've written songs about the legends of the Art Deco era um, which I've really enjoyed and I've elaborated on it because it first started there was just a few of them and I did it as, a, as an online zoom show for the mm -hmm. Art Deco Society and that was during lockdown in the summer and that really? was that was a real joy to do um, and they asked if I put on a show and I thought it'd be really nice to to celebrate these people. So I wrote a song about Agatha Christie. Yes. Clarice, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Clarice Cliff. Um, who else did I do? Um, oh, uh, Wallace Simpson. Now, that was interesting because I wanted to write it as if it was her singing. So right. I sort of put myself into the role and how she felt after she heard that abdication speech. Mm -hmm. So that's what the song is about, how she switches off the wireless. So it's almost like a scene from a play. That and sounds then, amazing. I can't wait yeah. to hear that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, that one. so that was great. So since then, I've been asked to perform that show on stage. You know, now we're allowed to get out and about. Brilliant. Um, so this, the, the one that I'll be doing, which I hope you can come to, is mm -hmm. in December. And that is going to be at the Zeta townhouse in Clerkenwell which sounds like a beautiful place I've not played there before but I've mm -hmm. heard that it's it's a really lovely place to play so um there'll be lots of ladies on that night because they all get together and they celebrate music and women in history definitely um, I will definitely have to, see, I will have to get a ticket for that one and come down yeah. and uh, we'll do a review of the show that sounds absolutely amazing um yeah. 
so so when is that yeah. that's the 9th of december is it kate yeah that's the 9th of december well and for anybody out there listening um if you want to i think kate's going you're going to give some um website addresses and places where people can go to book tickets for that at the end of the show aren't you kate and we'll put we'll yeah. put them on the show notes anyway so okay. if anybody is listening and would like to go along to that show in clark and well in london then we will put the links where you can purchase your tickets um mm. on the on the website and on the uh, on the on the podcast for everybody it's going to have um, a real uh, festive scene as well because yeah. we'll, we'll be doing that show and then afterwards we'll be having a sing-along of all the old christmas songs oh definitely well i'm sold i'm, yeah. I'm there kate i'll be there definitely yeah. <laughs> that sounds amazing that'll be a proper party oh wow well i'm definitely going to have to come along to that that sounds right. absolutely brilliant have you got anything else coming up um in the next month or so any other well, gigs? most of the things are private parties that i've been right. booked to do so that, okay. that that'll be nice and i'm looking mm. forward to that um and then i'll be doing online things so at the end of the show uh let people know all my social media sites because there's yeah. lots of online entertainment so if you if you feel that you're not going out and you'd like to watch something from home there will be that available too and um, you, you did quite a few concerts during the lockdown, didn't you, Kate? Uh, which I think, you know, that I think that was one of the things that I found really um, uplifting during the lockdown. Um, you know, the amount of people who are musicians and uh, so I've got a few, quite a few friends who are musicians and the fact that people just sort of went online and there were all these amazing sort of, you know, things to keep people occupied and to stop us all going stir crazy indoors. So I yes. have to thank you, Kate, for, you know, for, for, for doing that because uh, I think for a lot of people, me included, um, you know, find it, be able to sit in your kitchen when the world was going through an incredibly strange and very, um, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a really surreal time. Um, it was a surreal time. And, and I'd people... also like to thank, I'd also like to thank everyone that watched because it, for me, it was something that I could carry on sharing music with everyone mm -hmm. because obviously I'd lost all my work, so I wasn't yeah. working. Um, but I had so many people watching and, and, and sending in donations, understanding mm -hmm. that I'd lost work. And I was Absolutely. really touched by that. So, mm -hmm. you know, that was a really wonderful thing. So there was a real community spirit during that time. It was, there was, it was wasn't there? I mean, people sort of said about the wartime spirit, but yeah. I think that does, you know, in, in times of, it really was sort of something, something that, you know, nobody had ever sort of could ever imagine in a million years, us all sort of being no. stuck in our homes and being frightened of something we couldn't see and you know and then not knowing whether it would affect people and but just having that little bit of entertainment it did feel like I'm nights in my kitchen with my candles on listening to to a few concerts or watching the you know, the theatre shows it just made mm -hmm. me realize that you know that and, and also I know a lot of people who lost jobs you know as well so it, it, it made me think about a lot of things I, I was actually the same I was working in photography so I couldn't kind of carry on doing what I was doing and I ended up retraining and getting a new job and working in my local shop so you know I think things changed for a lot of people but I know you know people in 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 the entertainment industry like like yourself I, I know you know musicians really um you know not having live gigs and that and, and you sort of must have been wondering Kate you know this is my livelihood you know what am I going to do and, and I think the fact that we have got this wonderful technology now that you know can beam you into anybody's home 
and for people to sort of sit and watch at home and be able to donate I think that's you know that was absolutely marvelous and um, it was um, and it was lovely because we we literally did things from scratch mm. like uh, my husband and I because he's a musician too mm -hmm. Paul we got together and I wrote a song during lockdown called little things and it was yeah. simply about appreciating the little things in mm. life and then we made a video for this song and released it as a single cool. and um yeah it was a real success we thoroughly enjoyed it we got all the family involved and um, my son did some backing vocals on it as well harry and then we made a video um so i think you were going to play a few minutes of that yes song. we're, we're, we're gonna we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. put, we're gonna put in a little bit now so that you can hear yeah. kate's lockdown yeah, Little Things, it's called. Sometimes we look for big and bolder things And it's important that we dream But there are some things, not very big things That can often go unseen Cause when you magnify, strip back and simplify There's more to life than what we plan It's the little things, it's the little things It's the little things that matter most of all It's the little things, just the little things It's the little things that matter most of all lovely thing to do because mm. it's something we were able to do at home and and share with people as much as possible so that was a good thing that's really yeah so it's nice to hear some sort of positive stories you know coming out of yeah. there's so much doom and gloom I think in the news these days and it's just really nice to hear sort of somebody saying well you know we did something and it was it was a really positive thing and it's really good to just you know give give that gift of music and, and and get some get some donations back during a hard time for people that 
like listening to you. Um, so, okay, actually, uh, I'm going to ask you now, because I love the three women that you picked to talk to me about today. Is, is there anything else, before we go on to um, chat about your three women, is there anything else you'd like to sort of um, add to this little segment? I mean, is there anything else you'd like to tell the listeners about yourself or, or your music before yeah. we move on to your three ladies? It would be lovely to talk about something that didn't happen that will still happen right is just before lockdown mm -hmm. i was about to stage a musical in london that i wow yes <laughs> um oh, tell me more about this because i love musicals yeah <laughs> yeah well this this was an ongoing project that uh, got taken on uh, by a production company they were developing it and we're all ready to go and then mm -hmm. The rest is history, as you know. Right. So a lot of theatre companies obviously lost money, sadly, during that time because there was nothing going mm. on stage. Um, so everything had to change. So mm -hmm. the musical didn't go on stage, but it still will. But we're not sure exactly where. But it's based on, I don't know if you've ever read Map and Lucia by E.F. Yes. Benson. Yes. Fabulous stories. They're just wonderful characters and I've loved Matthew Lucia since oh about probably the late 80s because mm -hmm. I remember when I was a kid it was on telly and I loved That's it right. really good and then from there I went on to read the books and then because I have such a love for that era and the songwriting tied in nicely I thought I've got to I've got to make a musical about Matthew Lucia I think mm -hmm. it would be fabulous so I wrote the songs put together, wrote the script and got it all together. And it will happen at some point and it will be lots of fun, I guarantee, because I think the most important thing when writing music, when performing music, is you've got to have fun. Absolutely. And you've got to go out and you've got to feel like you've had a night out and you're, you're, cut, you're coming out the theatre, singing and dancing now to me. That's the sort of night out that I'd like. So that's the sort of night out that I hope to put on next year so i hope you can come Fantastic. to that yeah definitely yeah. i'm I'll mm. definitely be interested in that and we will um give you as much publicity as we can on the podcast <laughs> and that sounds like that that sounds like just my good night out kate definitely uh, tell you what, and i'm wonderful. sure my listeners will uh, agree with me you'll have to keep us in the loop yeah. for that i think i did read something about that on your website so um again yeah, we've had some can, great uh, support from um the ef benson society and mm -hmm. friends of tilling they've all got behind it and mm -hmm. And they love it and they just they really want to be part of it too. So it'll be great because there's already a lot of fans that love Mapanooch here. Yes. Um, so they're looking forward to seeing it happen mm. as an actual staged production. I can't wait. And I think and you're you're the perfect person to sort of do that because of your your love of the period. I can't I can't think of well, anybody who would write better songs than you for that music. Well, that, that's so. very kind, Chrissy. Thank you. Mm -hmm. But I, no, I, also I love your music. really want to respect the books. Um, mm -hmm. So um, it's important to me to to keep its authenticity. Yeah. So um, it's it will be very authentic. Mm. No, yeah. we're really looking forward to that. Thank you for giving us a little bit of uh, inside information. Now, um, I'm going to go on to your three ladies now because I want to, they're, they're such three such brilliant women. I don't want to run out of time and I want to give okay. each and every one, um, you know, in, in ample time for us to sort of chat about them. Um, so I think your first, uh, let, let's go for, I'm going to, I'm going to pick um, Mari Lloyd was your, your first lady. Now I'm absolutely fascinated. Um, um, by the whole musical 
thing because I discovered myself, I, I was a drama teacher and an English teacher for my sins about 20 years ago. And yeah. I always wondered, um, and also I, you know, I love music, but I always wondered where this sort of, I've got this love of the theatre and music and, 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 and where it all came from. Um, you know, and I always thought maybe it was my grandparents because granddad played the piano and mum did. But they they were just piano, you know, they just played the piano. There wasn't any theatricals involved. And, you know, it's just something that has been in me ever since I could walk, really. Um, and I did some, like, youth theatre years ago for the Redbridge Youth Theatre when, when I was a teenager and did lots and lots of things. I've always been attracted by it. And then when I did my family history, I traced my, on my dad's side, I, I, I had some relatives and basically they lived in Goldhawk Road in Shepherd's Bush and mm -hmm. they ran a, a furrier and a diner's shop and they were massive great sort of Victorian Edwardian family um, so I know and I've got pictures of them because my grandmother had a book which I discovered when I was about I think it was about 30 I started doing this family history when my daughter was born so that was about 30 years ago and then I went to see my grandmother and she had this book and I never knew about this book and it had all of these amazing photographs with all these people with great big you know waxed moustaches and they were an amazing family because um, my great great grandparents Emily and Sydney they had this shop in Goldhawk Road and they had 12 children and one of their youngest I think it's the youngest daughter um, so it's my great granddad's sister she was a musical actress and once I sort of discovered Aunt, Aunt Madeline I thought ah this is where it all comes from um, and I have tried to find out more about her now obviously because they lived in Goldhawk Road the Shepherd's Bush Empire which was a famous famous musical um, was not that far away so I kind of I've tried to piece together her story but there's nobody really alive now on that side that can tell me anymore um, but I'm sort of imagining like her father died I can't imagine her going on the stage when her father was alive because he was a bit of a strict Victorian but I think after he died in 1901 I think um my great-grandmother Emily was a bit more of a fun sort of person and I think she probably would have she was quite a big stout lady and I'm sure she would have enjoyed a night out of the musical and so I think you know I think Madeleine Madge used to dress up a lot when she was a kid and entertain everybody and then somehow I think she got this job working as an actress and a dancer um and I'm, you know, I'm pretty certain that she probably started out in the local music halls around the Shepherd's Bush area. Um, but then I think um, that there's pictures of, we've got pictures of her and she's got all these amazing costumes. So in one, she's like a Japanese geisha and she would sign them and like give them out to the back like stage johnnies the, the chaps that used to wait at the back of the theatre with flowers for their favourite dancers um, and I know that during the First World War and I've tried to find this theatre company but I can't and it's I think there were so many and it was a it was a company called WH Sun and I think what the gentleman was an American gentleman and he got together a troop of people to go and um, entertain the troops in Holland and in Ireland and and um, my aunt Madge was one of the dancers that 
travelled across the sea to Ireland during the First World War and went to Holland. And we know this because um, there were some letters that got sent to a brother in America and she's telling him about how the Dutch boys were very friendly and liked to listen to, to her singing and dancing. So, and, and then, yeah, she had this sort of, she had this career and I think um, she met her husband. He was a, he was in the same troupe. I think she also used to sort of go, um, on tour and uh, up to Manchester so I think you know she was moving around a lot she wasn't always have in you Manchester. been in touch with the Shepherd's Bush Empire I haven't I haven't but I you know it's mm. one of those things I keep meaning to ask people and sort of try and find out more about her and, and say all I have is these photographs and these little sort of snippets from the letters but one day when I have more time um I am going to try and find out now, I think she was just a chorus dancer I don't think she was sort of you know big name in lights or anything like that I think she was sort of one of the chorus girls um, but even so it, it just it's a, I, I'm just really fascinated about yeah, you know the fact that wonderful. I've got and we've got these wonderful pictures of her and I know um, that eventually she married I mean she seemed to be she, she was quite beautiful she was very pretty she, she had dark hair she was very attractive um, and I think she had quite a lot of suitors and there are letters where you know she can't decide which suit to have and one poor chap when she rejects him runs off and joins the RAF in World War One so you know I think she was um, yeah she, she definitely had an eye for the for the gentleman but she met her husband he was in the troop with her and then she retired um she got married and they opened a shop just down the road from um her her mother's shop in Goldhawk Road and uh, I think they ended up living in Hatfield and it's quite funny he bought he, her husband bought her a house and there's a picture of her with all her lovely furs and she looks sort of very well to do but I think they bought the house for about £40,000 and it, when I looked it up it's now worth over two million so you know wow. just that just goes to show you um but yeah so that that was my little story so ever since I found out about my auntie Madge I've always been fascinated by the music hall and I used to love the tv program when I was a kid the good old days <laughs> oh, remember, yeah, when you used to have the guy with the gabba and it'd be for your delight and delectation and there would be all these you know comedians and things uh, sort of comedy acts and stuff that would be dressed up in the old um costumes and you know um they would come out and sing songs I used I just used to love that because it used to take me back to how um you know people used to entertain themselves and well I, I think um I think another thing that was interesting about that is the 1970s mm. It's fascinating now that Victoriana became mm -hmm. such a style because upstairs, downstairs, the it good was. old days, yeah. um, Laura Ashley dresses, all <laughs> that, that. You know, it's it's all 1970s Victoriana. I find that mm -hmm. that fascinating. Like, well, it I find it fascinating popular. now that the, the whole Edwardian thing, like the, and the 20s, it's all sort of come like 100 years later. There's now, you know, yeah. these hipster guys with the amazing beards that look like they should be in an Edwardian parlor yes, it's drama and flapper dresses, you know. That's right. Right, the, Victorian so Edwardian era, the Victorian and Edwardian era have come back again you're right it's, it's um, almost like it sort of a hundred years yeah. recycles itself doesn't it yeah, but it does. But with the music hall um, thing, I, 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 I was really lucky as well because many, many years ago, I got to do something in Wilton's Music Hall in Hackney, which is a beautiful old music hall. Have you ever played there, Kate? Yes, I have. I played the 50th anniversary for the British Music Hall Society there and I played with my dad and Roy Hudd. 
Oh wow, uh, that's that's amazing. That is, I, I, I wondered whether you'd played there, but it's it's a beautiful old building, it's a isn't it? Place. And it's wonderful yeah. that they've managed to sort of preserve that because there's not there's, there's a lot of old theatres around that used to be music halls, but there's not one mm. that's specifically sort of preserved like that. And I, I, it was just a pleasure to 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 um, do something in a place like that and kind of takes you back to history. So let's go on to Mari Lloyd then, because she was really the I uh, so she was like the superstar of musical, wasn't she? Um, and I know all I know about Mari Lloyd. I, I do remember there was a TV drama about her, I think, with um, Jessie Wallace, who plays Cat Slater in EastEnders, and I think she made a fairly good Mari Lloyd. But Mari Lloyd was was you know her songs weren't demure and um, and very uh, ladylike sometimes, were they? She you know. She, she could uh she had a few innuendos didn't she in her songs I'm sure you're going to tell our listeners a lot more about Mari Lloyd <laughs> well I, I think as T.S. Eliot wrote he said that her popular appeal was her ability to capture the mm -hmm. spirit of the English common people mm -hmm. and she did because she she would sing about yeah it's a hard life but she'd sing it with humor mm -hmm. and yes uh there was this this kind of um scandalous reputation that she had but she always insisted it was in other people's minds and yes it was how they interpreted it she was very yeah. smart like that mm. um it, and, you know, she say it's 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 you it's you that are putting the dirty kind of you know uh yeah. twist on things it's yeah it's all in your head so it's very clever really <laughs> yeah and she was even up in court about it uh, mm -hmm. because they said you know that she she'd been a little bit near the mark with these songs but she sung mm -hmm. them in such a demure way to demonstrate but then i think she rather spoiled it by by singing come into the garden mold but in quite a suggestive <laughs> way she just couldn't resist it um and i think uh she she certainly made a performance of it in court as well. She was a real character. But I mean, that is one of the things I love about her. But I also, I love the fact that she had, she knew who she was and she celebrated the fact that she knew who she was and she was proud of it. She had a lot of spirit. She had determination, humour, but above all, she had a good heart and she really mm. cared about people. I mean, she made a lot of money, but she yeah. got, she, she spent it all. She just gave it away to I did uh, read that. She, she, you and, know, you can't take um, it with you. Was her sort of idea, wasn't it? Let that spend spend the money while you've got it. And I think I'm just not... give it away. Yeah, and um, you know, uh, other musicians that were struggling. Um, she even um, she supported the strike. There was a yes. strike. I think it was. I was going to say that because I did some research. Was it? Yeah. And um, um, yeah, and, I know that there yeah, was she, a big strike. And I think it was to do with the fact that performers had to sort of do two performances per day and the theatres were getting more and more out of them. You know, they had to do a matinee in an evening and and the, and the wages were poor. And, and she did, she really got behind everybody, didn't she? She was a massive star at the time. So, you know, um, and these people who were who were really suffering were, were the people like my aunt who were in the chorus and having to work yeah. twice as hard. And she, Mary Lloyd came out and really, really got behind, I, I, I know, know for a fact on that so mm, yeah she really did yeah. uh, support them so she was character and she had a hard life but she was always optimistic you know mm. she was she had a few marriages um <laughs> she wasn't but she wasn't treated very well um, no she wasn't in these marriages um mm -hmm. so i think she had a tough life but she always saw the good in it and i i just love 
I love that about her. She had so much spirit and the way that she sung songs, you know, just with so much character. Mm. I mean, that's one of the other things I love about musical songs. It's the way that they can sing these songs with so much volume as well. And there are no mm. microphones, mm. nothing. They yeah, just I suppose protect. we forget that really, yeah. that there wasn't all that technology. Yeah. So you had to have a good set of lungs on you and you had to be an actress as well. You weren't yeah. just standing there singing. You had to kind of bring the characters and the songs alive. You did, and, and you you had to keep the attention of the audience because they yes. were a hard audience to please. They were, so you had to they? keep going and you had to keep the entertainment going. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the thing, like um, Harry Champion, another fine example, he could mm-hmm. sing so many different, it, the amount of words he could get into like one verse was incredible <laughs> because he had to get it out quick, you know, so that yep. people were quickly entertained. That, that was a mm-hmm. real skill. Yeah, um, and, and the audience would like literally boo you if they didn't like you. They would, they would like you know, they would boo yeah. you off stage or worse, wouldn't they? And they they'd would. You'd, you'd really, you and yeah, you had to it, be pretty was, hardy. You did. She was a true entertainer mm. with a big heart, and for me, that they're the most important things. You know. She, yes, absolutely. She was, good at what she did mm, mm. well we, I'm, I'm glad you picked her because I do a sort of little blog post for each person that um, my guests pick so it's going to be really interesting putting together a, a blog post on Mary Lloyd it's one I've wanted to do for you know a long time so it's really nice when guests come up and suggest a name and it's like oh yes she was on my list anyway so now I have a, a reason to do it now uh, so thanks for picking Murray uh, Lloyd for us and yeah, let's go on to your your next lady who is Winifred Atwell now when oh, you came yeah. up with this name I thought mm, I, I remember that name because going back to you know having music played to you by your families my parents when we used to have family parties with uncles and aunties and my cousins and uh, Winifred Atwell would 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 go on and um you know she was a piano player for people who don't know and she was from originally from Trinidad and um I think when I'm just gonna have a quick look at my notes if I can get them up but I think she was actually the first and only woman instrumentalist to ever have a British number one so I don't know if that's been surpassed since um on, from when I read it on Wikipedia yeah, no, but no, she's a groundbreaking you know she was a groundbreaking musician um she came to Britain in the 1940s from Trinidad um and um and she, and she was also like hugely popular in Australia as well and uh, uh there's some yeah I read some amazing sort of things about her she she really fought for um she spoke out about racism and about um the plight of the aborigines and she was very very um when she lived in Australia she was very very forthright about um talking out about mistreatment of indigenous people which I, I knew nothing about until I did the research for that today um so yeah yeah, Kate, tell us a bit more about why you picked Winifred Atwell, because she's an amazing person. Yeah, I picked her because, yeah, she come from Trinidad and she was well, classically trained. Hmm. So I just I'm fascinated by the fact that she could just play anything. And she hmm. realized that this would be um, she could do it and she proved it because she she learned that style, the kind of the ragtime style from yes. American servicemen. And she one of them placed a bet and said I bet you can't play in um, that kind of boogie woogie mm-hmm. style 
so she went along and wrote five finger boogie I think that's called. I love that because it's like tell somebody they can't do something and immediately if you've got you know that she's like I'm gonna you know I'm gonna go and write a song and and came back with that and um yeah yeah, it was uh was it and there was another one was it black and white black and white boogie yeah that was that was a big hit definitely black and white rag and you'll remember that from the snooker yes because it was pop black's theme wasn't it for anybody who doesn't doesn't remember the name they'll remember that theme and it i mean yeah yeah, her her piano playing it was that sort of um honky-tonk style sort of sing-along wasn't it and that's why she she was so popular um, because people could put her music on and it was an instrumental, but everybody knew all the words to the songs a lot of the time, didn't they? Uh, she, yeah, she well, I think, it's, um, I think it's another another reason why um, people love Chaz and Dave so much, because yeah. it's, it's music that makes you feel good. It's yeah, party it's music, um, whether it's the old songs they're playing or songs they've written, they're songs yeah. that make you feel good and, and want to have a party. and. Yeah, she was like that with with her music, and that mm-hmm. that's what I love about it. When I when I hear her style and that lovely um, mm. ragtime style that she's got, it's just pure joy. Mm-hmm. I, I love to hear it, and um, she played it so well. But she also, I think, she was she really put on a good show. And this was smart because she had two pianos on the stage, so she would have her her posh Steinway mm-hmm. where she would play. Rachmaninoff or Beethoven or whatever and then she would cross over to what she would call her other piano and it was this battered up old upright from a junk shop that she bought for £2.50 and I love uh, that you've got the complete like opposite wonderful grand piano old upright and then she'd jump on that and and yeah um play roll out the barrel and that (laughs) I think what what a great visual to Mm. look at that the two pianos and, um, and and I think the, the interesting thing as well about her, as you say, she was a she was a really she was really good on stage. She had an amazing stage personality, but actually mm-hmm. off stage she was quite shy. And I think you know she was. Um, I read that she you know she was it, when she got on stage she had this complete sort of different personality. But behind you know, behind the scenes in her normal life she was actually quite shy and um, and 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 retiring. And I I think you know a, a lot of a lot of performers I've, I I know do have that. You know, you don't have to be this extrovert person twenty four seven. Sometimes your extrovertness can come out when you're on stage, but actually, you know, sometimes some people are quite um quite introverted inside. There, there is that introvert extrovert thing, which I kind of quite like about her. I think she had a quiet dignity, and mm-hmm. she was very elegant. You know, mm-hmm. because she always wore these beautiful gowns. And yes. These- these um silk she it looked like silk wrap mm-hmm. that she would wear and her pearls and her and her hair apparently she opened her own hair salon as well I don't know if you heard about that no um, no I didn't uh, yeah she that. but she always looked so elegant and I find that fascinating as well that she could jump on this beer stained old piano <laughs> uh with this beautiful dress on and play I mean it just it took me back Another thing, because it reminds me of all my days of where mm-hmm. I, I mean, I played in, I counted once, I played in over 50 pubs. Wow. I just played everywhere. When I left college, I would just play wherever I could get a mm-hmm. gig, you know. Um, and some of the pubs were pretty rough. And I remember <laughs> one where I used to have to, um, the keys were stuck down with beer and you'd have to s- stick them up <laughs> before playing them. Um, it was just something you did. 
and yeah little things like that so that's where you get your grounding isn't it Kate I think you know playing places like that um the pubs where like you say the sticky pianos and there might be a bit of a hard crowd to please but that that's where you really I think learn your grounding as a musician and you know you have you have to you have to do that and it's part of the sort of initiation isn't it before you get to you know the next level is to go and play that and they are yeah they, they're, but they're great places to play because you learn so much about your audience and how yeah, to they you do. Know. Um, and uh, I was some of them were a little bit rough you know I was a young girl at the time I mean I was when I started doing it I was about mm -hmm. 17 um and some of them were so rough I, ju I just used to I call up my uncle Bruce my mum's brother and I say can you drive me to the gig uh -huh. and sit and eat and sit he'd sit in the corner and have a beer in the car after me while just, I just keep his eye on you and make sure that yeah. you, you didn't get heckled or uh, hustled by yeah. <laughs> anyone um, who drunk um, that that, so, that must yeah must, must be um it must be nice to 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 know that you know you don't have to do that anymore these days you get to play some nicer venues like the Art Deco Club and uh, and the hot uh, the Hotsy Totsy Club. But... Hello, I am Karen from Hotsy Totsy, and I am very excited about being a guest on the Hidden Her Story podcast. Watch this space that's another thing I've got to thank you for as well the uh I've been in touch with the Hotsy Totsy Club and um oh, your recommendation and uh, we're going to have Karen on the show hopefully before the end of the year as well so uh tell oh, that'd a bit be more fabulous. about the yes. Hotsy Totsy Club great. and I'm hoping yeah. to go down there and uh, see what they do and uh, with the Women's Supper Club so uh, you know you have been an amazing sort of bridge between so many people for me since I discovered right. your music oh, I'm glad to hear so I have it. to you know you must you you must you have this gift of attracting amazing people around you that then you know um I, i've ended up coming into contact with so it's been brilliant uh, but thanks for telling us about winifred atwell um again we're going to put some details about her and we're probably going to slip in a few of her little tunes here on the podcast so that you can have a listen to exactly the sort of music that winifred played now uh, your third lady um okay i've got to say We've we've gone for a real biggie here, haven't we? Because <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe no, I think a few quite a few people will have heard of Mari Lloyd. I'm not sure whether so many people would have heard of Winifred Atwell, but now you've you've learned about two amazing women. But Kate's third pick was we can't really get any any bigger than this. It is the Queen. Queen Elizabeth, our our head of state is Kate's third inspiring women's woman and you know it doesn't really get much bigger than this she's the queen so tell us why <laughs> what, what is it you love about Queen Liz <laughs> well I've grown up with her mm -hmm, you know I've grown up with this remarkable lady that has had well it'll be 70 years won't it next year platinum jubilee uh of being queen she's 95 years old um, again, like Winifred Atwell, she has a quiet dignity. Mm -hmm. I don't think she's at all snooty. I know no. there's all this sort of, throughout the years, people think, oh, the Queen, nothing like that at all. I actually think she's very, I love her passion. I think mm -hmm. she's really interested in people. Mm -hmm. She's got an incredible memory for the people that she meets. She remembers mm -hmm. little things about them. She cares. Yes. Um, I also 
it's all about family Mm -hmm. for her family is important and family is important to me I would love to be able to do what she does and trace her family back (laughs) (laughs) now that I mean yeah she's got the best family tree if you're talking about genealogy or history she has got the most amazing family tree that you know you really wouldn't have to um dig too deep to find anything about her family um no I, I I think the queen is amazing um yeah. when you said that yeah I I mean I I, I think I, I grew up I grew up with her um and when I was chatting to my mum about the family history book that we did something I I never realized about my own mum was that she actually went up to see the um coronation in 1953 oh, and we wow. were talking about it because I happened to mention I said oh you know when did you first get your first tv and she said well funny enough it was in 1953 she said and your granddad went out and bought the tv like like so many other Mm -hmm. people did to watch the coronation because it was the first time that it had been ever shown on tv so I think yeah there was a and I did some sort of research and I found the facts and figures were that I think you know more people in that in that month when the coronation was held in 1953 more people went out and actually bought or rented tvs and if you didn't have one like everybody would crowd into the neighbor's house and you watched it on your neighbor's set but my mum actually went up she said they they watched it in the morning or they watched the build up in the morning on the on the black and white tv and then there was a little kids party in chapel heath in a cafe at the end of my mum's street so i think my mum was about 14 15 then and then after they went to this kids party um my grandparents got on the train with my mum and they went up to London and she was saying that it was quite scary because outside Buckingham Palace when the Queen was uh, on the coronation day there were like millions and millions of people and they sort of fought their way through the crowds and everybody was cheering and you know I can imagine sort of outside Buckingham Palace and they were waiting for the royal family and the Queen and Duke of Edinburgh to come out onto the balcony and wave to everybody and as they came out there was like a massive surge of people and my mum sort of being 14 at the time she had a brand new wristwatch on that somebody had bought her and all of a sudden the crowd sort of surged forward and she got trapped and said it was like it was really really scary and so my granddad sort of managed to pull my nan and my mum out and they managed to make their way back to the back of the crowd and got on the train and went home and when my mum got home she realized she'd lost her wristwatch in the in the sort of melee and she said they always really upset because it was the first watch that she'd ever worn and you know she felt quite grown up at at 14 with a wristwatch and then came home to realize that it had come off you know during this massive kind of set but she said it was really really frightening and I have sort of read some reports and it wasn't you know people would there was just so many people there to see the Queen's coronation up in London um, and people you know as soon as they came out everybody just surged forward but I never knew that you know my mum had actually gone up there and when you look at the pictures you know it was a part of history um, but yes you know Definitely I think the Queen is because um, also um, wonderful a good connection a good connection for Winifred Atwell because yeah. she had a hit at the time Coronation Rag and she did and I think she actually played for the Queen at the London Palladium I think um, on my notes at one point I think I don't know whether that's for a royal she command played, performance she played for the Queen on more than one occasion uh-huh. she played a party for the Queen and mm-hmm. the Queen actually asked for an encore of Roll Out the Barrel <laughs> No, I'm d- oh no! I wish there was some sort of secret film of that. I can just imagine the royal family sort of yeah. singing along, roll out the barrel. That's um, yeah. that's amazing. But then again, oh, you know- I mean, they they love those old songs mm-hmm. because um, 
you you may know this already, but um, yeah, one of the performances there was a dinner after where my my dad and Dave were asked to sit with um, Princess Margaret uh -huh. because she she wanted to ask them about Knockham and the Old Kent Road um, <laughs> because it was a song that she said my mother used to sing and and you're thinking well that's that's the Queen Mother. You know, um, which is incredible, isn't it? When you think of it mm. like that. I think um, I read that. It was either her mother or it might have been Queen Mary. I can't remember. Right. But the fact that she was talking about this old <laughs> London song, it, it's just, they're great stories. Mm. Well, I, I know, I think I remember, you know, the Queen Mother and and um, she, she toured the East End during the Blitz, didn't she? You know, um, yeah. with her husband and they went and met people and they must have heard people singing these songs, you know, that were um good for morale during during the blitz and and the queen yeah. herself was i think um you know she she she, she joined um one of the armed forces didn't she so you know she would have come into contact with everyday people and the whole item um, songs at that time especially during the blitz and during the war they were things that kept like you say you know it's it was good for people it kept people's morale up so you know she would have been more than aware of you know the songs of the people <laughs> as opposed to yeah. uh, all of the you know, the wonderful other music that she would have heard I'm sure she would have been probably I think that probably would have would have affected her more you know so the, the fact that yeah they wanted to sing these songs that uh, Buckingham Palace and the sing so I thought that's absolutely brilliant is there anything else you'd like to tell us about the Queen that we don't know <laughs> already I think you probably, you probably know it all but you know <laughs> have you do you watch the crown because I did actually think I, I that that was there was there's been some brilliant sort of portrayals of you know those private conversations that the queens had to have with prime ministers and things over the years and I've always wondered you know um what what it must be like to sort of sit in that that, that room and and be prime minister and have to face the queen because she's you know she had Winston Churchill she was very very fond of or who was very fond of her um and if you've watched The Crown I don't think she got on very well with Margaret Thatcher so uh, I think there was no I, I've, I've not of, watched The Crown I, 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 I quite like I know it's I know it's fantasy and it's based on reality but it gives I think for me it gave, that gave me a little bit of an insight of you know what the Queen's actual job is and how difficult it is you know she has to make decisions and I think that that's what made me realize that to do that job for the for the amount of time that she's had to do it and to be um to have to make you know some of these decisions and to deal with people that you really don't get on with sometimes she's she, she's obviously got to have a really good sense of humor I think and um and I've heard that that she's quite witty and uh she's you know she, she can come out with a really good you know cutting remark every now and then that's quite funny yeah so, uh, I think she I think she really appreciates her mm -hmm. life and she appreciates mm -hmm. what she's got and mm -hmm. and you know that's that's a special thing mm -hmm. um i tell you that's something you might not know actually when mm -hmm. when she was four years old she had a song written about her um as a dedication mm -hmm. called princess elizabeth and it's a really pretty song um mm -hmm. if you look on youtube um i'm singing it it's a really lovely song Ooh, we'll have to find um, that one yeah it's just it's quite simply called princess elizabeth um and it was written for her fourth birthday so it's quite nice. I, I I wonder if she remembers. I bet she does. Remembers mm -hmm. how that felt. It must have been a real thrill to have your yes, own song. Have a I know song she has a national anthem, but 
<laughs> yeah, well, yeah. exactly. That she must. Yeah. I always, I always sort of wondered. Yeah, she must hear that song. The Queen must hear mm-hmm. that song, like so many times. She must have developed a sort of a face that just, you know, is completely um that doesn't give anything away because when, when you've heard that song and it's about you and everybody stands up I was kind of there I always have to wonder about what the, what the queen thinks when they play the national anthem is does she just sort of go off into her little you know somewhere not that plumbing song again because <laughs> she must she, have heard it she, a million times over she and probably over thinks about what, she probably <laughs> thinks about all the places back in history where she's been and heard it maybe she's yeah. She has it, a little moment of remembering. But you um, just think, you know, she, that, that that is probably the, 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 the song that she has heard the most everywhere she goes. And it's, uh, it's a bit like Happy Birthday. I mean, whenever we get Happy Birthday sung to us, we don't get bored of it, do no, we? No, we don't. We don't. And so true. maybe it's a bit like that. Maybe it's a bit like it's expected. Like, oh, well, it's my birthday today. And you think of how many times people have heard mm. that song, but you sort mm-hmm. of think, oh, it's my song, it's my birthday today. So maybe she feels like that. <laughs> no, I, I think if that was me, yeah, I'd feel, I'd, I'd yeah. feel proud as well because it's, um, it's, it is her song. Well, Kate, yeah. do you know what? It's been absolutely fantastic chatting to you today. I oh, we could have done a whole other hour chatting about it. <laughs> so we're definitely going to have to have you back on, hopefully a couple of times next year if you're free and um, there'll be so there, there there are so many other there are so many other women I would love to chat to you about as well musically so I think yeah. um, we're definitely 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 going to have to have you back um but for those people who want to find out where to listen to your music and where to find your um your youtube channel please feel free to plug away now and tell people where they can go and find all your wonderful music Kate Okay, well, I'll start with the all-important website, which is kategarnermusic.com. And then if you go on YouTube, my YouTube channel is Kate Garner Music. So you'll, you'll see lots of music on there. Uh, Twitter, Kate Garner Music. I've always put posts up of anything that's coming up, any interesting little shows and goodness knows what. Um, that's on Twitter. Facebook, Kate Garner, and Instagram, Kate Garner Music. Well, there you go, guys and girls. You have all the links there. We're going to put them in the show notes for you. And um, please go and listen to Kate's music. And uh, you're 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 very very active on social media, aren't you? You respond to people's comments. So if you like Kate's music, drop her a little comment. Let her know. And um, uh, we're hoping to hear lots of new things from you very very shortly, Kate. So uh, well, that'd be lovely. Um, did you want to finish with a, a little piece of the music that I? I wrote for my dad's album. Yes. People all around me always falling in love. It's written in the books and the stars above. It happens all the time. So why not me? Oh, why not? Why not me? Oh, everybody's dancing to the tune of L'Amour. I couldn't find the rhythm and I want yet more. They're having a ball. So I'm picking up the 
friends all the time. All the time. So why not me? enjoyed listening to the podcast episode today don't forget to like share and uh, add some comments as well and um, then make sure that you tune in for our next episode I'm not going to tell you who it's going to be yet I think we're going to be doing our first American um, have our first American guest on so you'll have to tune in next week to find out who that is but for today Kate thank you so much for being such a brilliant guest on the show and uh, we're hoping you're going to come back next year and uh, and thank you for telling us about three amazing women um, would you like to say goodbye to our listeners yeah well it's been lovely talking thank you Chrissy for inviting me and for sharing all your family stories too that's lovely well Kate we wish you all the best wish you all the best for your gig on the 9th of December and um, we if we don't speak to you before then we wish you a very very Merry Christmas because this is going out in December so we hope you have a fantastic Christmas lots of parties lots of sing-alongs Kate and we'll Take catch care. you all next week on the next episode mm-hmm.